How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Pick and Roll, episode four on KCPR, Cal Poly Radio. Um, this is your host, Josh Bilker. And with me, as always, I got my good old pal, my phenomenal teammate, my screener, did we decide? Yeah. The, Taylor Garvey. The roller to the pick and roll. The roller to the pick. The ro- yes. You know, Taylor Garvey, hello. He, he goes towards the rim. I shoot 10% from deep, which we were talking about prior. We were trying to decide on how well I would shoot from the three-point line in real NBA game. In response to the fact that Russell Westbrook apparently is shooting 20 per, two, 22% That's for the really season. That's really bad. Yeah, he, he's really, he used to be like a good three-point shooter. Not like a good, like, never obviously like knock down Steph Curry level ever. But he was like, like definitely like, yeah, like we need to defend Russell Westbrook from deep because he could still like definitely make us pay for it. Now I think you could potentially leave him open if one out of four times, you know, we're talking. Yeah. One out of five, really, at twenty-two. That's a that's a league. That's yeah. like a league low. Towards, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one of the probably the lowest percentage of somebody that takes like five threes a game. I don't have the statistics there in front of me, but I mean, it's it's pretty bad. But yeah, I think I would shoot about about ten. Oh, from the NBA, it'd be like five to seven percent. I think from that far, like twenty. How how long is the twenty-five feet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I think it's I think it's like. I want to say it's 25 feet from yeah. deep, uh, depending on where you are at the court. Actually, I think it's 27 feet from like the top of the key. And from the corner, I think it's like 25. I, I could be wrong, though. You looking it up? Um, There I am. How NBA deep? The three-point line is 23.75 feet. 23? 22 feet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was way off. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it varies, know. like you said, but... Yeah, um, from, from where you are on the court, right? Yeah. Yeah, like in the corner, it's like 20 feet. Point nine, and then like okay, so I was I was close, but I was pretty off actually. So that's good to know. So yeah, I I'd, I'd I'd be terrible if I was an NBA shooter. Um, anyway, how, how well do you think you would shoot from a three point line? Open, yeah, open, on a good day, open, open three pointer. If on I a was good just, day, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was just catching you, just like a three point contest, just like just passing you the ball. I would like to say that I can make one out of every four. That's pretty. That's better than Russell Westbrook. But yeah, well, he's in the NBA. <laughs> and he's being guarded. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll have to put it up to the test, and we'll get back to you next week. Yeah, we'll have to do a live broadcast from uh, from a court and just. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so we've been gone for about. What, it's been like three weeks. A three, three week hiatus. We've both been very busy, watching basketball back and forth though, nonstop. The grind never stops. Is is the big thing though. So yeah. busy so watching busy. basketball, we forgot to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, you know, it's just it's crazy. You know, the one thing we're supposed to do and yeah. talk about it. But hey, you know, we uh, we got a lot to cover. So we're gonna kind of do a brief little, you know, like encompassing. You know, like you know how like have you heard the song "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel? Yeah, it's gonna be like that. You know how it like is just like does all like the pop culture references. We're mm-hmm. just going to hit that very fast, like a one line lyric <laughs> at a time, but with like the NBA season from what yeah. we missed. So starting off, I think literally the day after we left off, um, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid got into a fight. Pretty gnarly fight. There were some like real punches being thrown. There were elbows. It was, it was pretty, there were some chokeholds. It was some chokeholds. Yeah. Ben Simmons was called a peacemaker and he was choking out Carl Anthony Towns on the court, like on the floor. He was like on top of him. He was, was taming hilarious. the beast. It was taming hilarious. <laughs> I mean it's I just not that funny because he literally could have died or something potentially. But yeah. I mean 
But, you know, I don't think he was ever in that much danger. But, you know, like... Uh, we had some eye-gouging. It some eye-gouging. Yeah, no, it wasn't no, no push. Let Absolutely. the referees kind of get in the way, and then we serve our differences. You know, that was a yeah. real fight. Who who do you got in that fight? Like, if, if this was, like, a real ring, like, a, you know, like, a actual... UFC fight or something like oh, that. Oh, Joel Embiid. You think Joel Embiid got I it? Think, I think Carl Anthony Towns is like... You think he's I think soft? He's trying to, I think he's soft, and I think that's kind of the reputation that he's been getting, and I think that's why he's been trying to... Um, well, yeah. So, I think I mean, that kind of served in his favor. When do you think you can... Like, At what point is he not soft then? Because he, he he's trying to fix it, clearly. I don't think he's soft. I think that for <laughs> some. I think for some reason. There, do you think that there's like a narrative that he's a little softer? No, do you absolutely. Think that's just me? Yeah. No, 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 no. There is. There is definitely a narrative. But what I'm what I'm saying is though, like he's trying to shed that. Clearly, is what yeah. you were saying. When does he shed it? Like when do you believe it? Like when do you think he's hard? Because this is this is still this is probably the hardest thing he's ever done. Yeah. Arguably, right? I mean that you've seen it, but he seems like he's not really. He almost got into another fight. I think like last week or something like that with another player. Didn't escalate as greatly. Uh, I think the biggest problem, though, was it was in Philly. So it was all those Philly fans are pretty, pretty um, rowdy and are going to hate on Carl Anthony Towns for that. Yeah, but, I mean, Joel Embiid just seemed like he was more with it, you know. No, I agree. He was he pumping his sw- chest. Yeah. He was, like, throwing the jabs on the social media. Yeah, and then yeah, then Carl Anthony Towns threw some back, though. I like jabs. I, you know, I, I, I love Joel Embiid. I think we've established on this podcast yeah. before. I kind of like I, I like this Carl Anthony Towns, though. I, I really do. He, he's slowed down, unfortunately, since, like, that hot start he got on where you won, like, four games straight or something like that. But he's still having a pretty good season. He's not MVP anymore, though. But, you know, we'll talk about that in a bit. What else have we missed? We missed the Steph Curry injury. I think that just happened right after we started talking. That's pretty nuts. So the Warriors season did not get off to a a very good start. They were pretty terrible, even with Steph Curry kind of bearing the whole load. D'Angelo Russell is playing well. um, But Steph Curry... Broke his hand. Mm-hmm. With a Baines fall. Yeah, Aaron Baines. That that must hurt, yeah. having an entire Baines fall in your hand. <laughs> yeah, you, how many Baines do you think you could take? Mm, 0.5. <laughs> Half of Baines. <laughs> Half of... He's a big boy, yeah. that Aaron Baines. You know, he's he's just... He's, he's a... He's a scary dude. Do you think that um, this is a blessing in disguise for the Warriors? Because now they don't feel the pressure of making... The playoffs, they can get some draft picks. They can kind of reboot with a healthy Clay Thompson, and they can go forward. No, I definitely agree. And I think what we're not talking about, I, I do, I do. First of all, yes, I, I agree with you. I think it is a blessing in disguise. But I think also what you kind of missed out on is they're all resting too. Like they just had like what was it a six year run, five year run to the finals every year. That's got to be grueling. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even. I, I break a sweat running to campus, walking to campus type thing on, on like a hot day type thing. You know, can you imagine playing like a hundred games, including playoffs, um, like of an NBA basketball running like 20 miles per hour and or 20 miles a night and also just, you know, like roughing into guys and just, you know, playing super physical, throwing up your shots like 20 times a game. It's got to kill you. LeBron, LeBron knows something about that. No, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and then that's why load management is a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little sneak peek into little, what we're going to be talking about later. Into the Clippers. But, uh, what, but what I'm saying is, like, it's got to be grueling. 
and Steph Curry could probably play this season, but I think from what I've heard, they're going to shut him down the whole season. Is the thing, and and you're and I think you're right. I mean that it's going to be good for him because they're going to wind up with like a top five pick, which is ridiculous. Can you imagine being like a Finals favorite for three years, ending up with the number one pick in the draft because of injuries? Let's rewind uh, back to a year ago where everyone was saying that the Warriors are unfair because they had five All Star <laughs> starters. And yeah. Now, Go back to this year. I don't need. Can we name? It's all ridiculous. The, can, you probably can name the starting five for the Warriors uh, right now. I, I can name like Eric Pascal, who's actually having a pretty good year. Actually, he's a rookie for him. And uh, I don't know if D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's in and out of the lineup. And yeah. then uh, Willie Cauley Stein's been playing a little bit. He's looked okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it's just crazy to see. Yeah. No, no, but you yeah, never know no, with right. sports. You never know with the NBA. I was trying to test myself to see if I could name the starting. I can't actually. The yeah, you're doing better than lineup. me though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I I absolutely agree. I think losing Iguodala and Sean Livingston it was probably a bigger deal than I thought even at the time. You know, those are just two actual NBA players that know how to play basketball and you're kind of replacing them with um even though Eric Pascal is having like a great year, um I think you're just replacing them with all these kind of G-leaguers and rookies, you know, and I <laughs> they can't amount they can't amount to like the amount of effort that you got from those kind of guys. And obviously missing Clay Thompson and now Steph Curry for the entire season is going to be rough. But yeah, uh, we'll see maybe Steph Curry or uh, Steve Kerr will still come out and, you know, be a you know, the fun guy to talk to in interviews or something maybe. Yeah. San Francisco's still cool. So you got that to look forward to if you're a Warriors fan. There's worse places to live. And yeah, pretending the Warriors yeah. have had a beautiful streak. Absolutely. I and, think that like I said, yeah. this is going to be it's not the end of. Do you the, think the it's Warriors. karma? It's not the end of the Warriors. Do you think this is karma for, for for being good? Yeah, you know, like for for being not 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 good, but really unfair is the thing mm. to add Kevin Durant to a seventy three and nine team. Do you think this is karma coming back and getting them? I don't think it's karma, but I think it gods. might be. I think it might be entropy. I think it might be energy just kind of restoring itself, and I don't think. There was ever gonna be a time where the Warriors were just gonna be blowing people away for eternity, you know. I mean, we had to we had to restore the energy absolutely. to the other teams in the league, and I think that's absolutely. exactly what happened. Well, and so what's interesting is like with all like the wake that was left from this championship, I think you're 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 not necessarily happy, but you're willing to pay this price for three championships, you know, and all this success that the Warriors have had. I hope it's not the end of like the Warriors, you know, quote unquote dynasty. I, I I should say it's a dynasty. I don't know why I said quote unquote, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a legit dynasty. Uh, I hope it's not over, but like I definitely like having more of um like a quality in the rest of the NBA as far as just like this, you know, dispersal of talent and whatnot, where there's not a clear favorite. All right, uh, is there any other kind of story that we missed that you wanted to talk about, or should we just? Get- there's like that. Super brief, just Mavericks Lakers game that I thought oh, was yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean Luca. I mean this can be kind of a segue, but Luca has just been on fire. I think there was like an interesting fact that just kind of caught my attention, where it said like Luca was the youngest player to have a thirty point fifteen assist triple double, yeah. and LeBron was the oldest player to have a thirty point fifteen assist triple double, and yeah. they did it in the same game. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous, Luka Doncic. You you laughed at me. Uh, that one I did. Week, that, that was disrespectful. When you, when you said that, that Luka Luka was not an MVP caliber player, and I and I was like, I, I think you said is he winning MVP this year? Oh oh, is that what I said? I maybe I don't know. 
I, I said I think I said he was a favorite. Yeah, or he was like among the favorites. But to and, that point, Luca yeah. has been he's been insane. killing it. And what's crazy, I think what we're kind of discounting is, I mean, the the Mavericks are what like seven and five. Let me look up the standings. But I mean, this Mavericks team is not good. Is the thing you know? Aside from Luca, you know, it's so it's it's really impressive. On top of that, because like, who do you have as your third best player? Seth Curry and like DeLon Wright. Yeah, and even Porzingis hasn't been getting like a ton out of them yet this year. Yeah, they're eight and five. I just looked up. Yeah, mm-hmm. did you look it up too? Yeah, yeah, but- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beat you to it slightly. I just kind of worked it in. Um, yeah, Luca's been the reason why they're even above 500 like this you take away Luca I and, and in a way isn't that the most valuable player you yeah. know I mean like I think he's added you know five extra wins easily already to this team that they wouldn't have had otherwise he's been great he's been like finding players just he knows where everyone is on the court at all times and it's really impressive to see I I it, it reminds me of LeBron James when, yeah like, that's what I'm gonna say is yeah. he the is he the white Bron? I think so but I think he's more he reminds me more of like James Harden or something like as far as how he plays because he does a lot of step backs and a lot of shooting more so and mm-hmm. like a lot of cutting and whatnot, driving and cutting. He's not as physical as like LeBron was where you would just barrel down the lane and you just can't stop him. Yeah. Luca's more like kind of agile, Euro stepping, literal, yeah, literal <laughs> Euro <laughs> steps. Um, I really, I love Luca. And there's another really fun statistic I have for you. He's the only player in NBA history to average over 20 points a game under 20 and he did it twice. Yeah. Can other re- other players have done it under 20, but they have not done it with two seasons and he's definitely going to do it this this season. I guarantee That's it. insane. He's already like the second league leader in uh points per game, I believe. Let me pull that up as well. I should have honestly just had all my tabs open already with the stat leaders. Um Season, yeah, no, but yeah, he is okay. No, he is fourth on points per game, but second, that's it. Second on assist, two almost two whole assists behind who Taylor LeBron. Here, here we go. Yeah, I, I was kind of phasing out to what you yeah, said. Yeah, no, 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 I figured. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, the way you the way you said that made me think that it was LeBron. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that's just an always like a go to answer. Yeah, if you, were, if you just yeah LeBron. LeBron okay. James, yeah, eleven point one assist per game. And how old is LeBron? Thirty-five. Thirty-five years old, and we have a league leader in assists. This is the best he's ever played, uh, as far as like ball handle, ball handler, and playmaking. And he's still, you know, getting a lot of points. You know, I, I think, unfortunately, I think we've kind of underrated the Lakers. I think going into the season, because. LeBron James has never had like a teammate as good as Anthony Davis. I no. think the only other, the closest thing I think is uh, Dwayne Wade in that first year in Miami, and then after that he kind of not necessarily was washed because I don't want to call Dwayne Wade washed, but like he was not nearly as good. This seems like this seems like something else where they're like clearly on the same level. I feel like mm-hmm. I mean like where it's it's really hard to pick and choose which player you'd rather have right now. Like on your and team. they complement each other very well. They do. Yeah, I I think I still think it's really weird that they don't have Anthony Davis play the five more due to like his 
like preference. Yeah, because he he for some reason really likes the four. I mean, they're getting great minutes out of uh, Dwight Howard, obviously. Still, Dwight Howard and, is becoming one of my favorite players. I know that sounds he? weird, but oh, I just man. like I just like the resurgence. I just think he's funny. There was like this video clip of him just yelling out. Um, Kareem Abdul, Kareem Abdul McGee, like after uh, Javale McGee like dunked or something. I just think he's That's a funny good. guy. I just think he's a fun guy to have on a team. But yeah, I should I should mention the Lakers are twelve and two. Yep, which is the best record in the NBA. Did you expect this? I did not expect this. I at didn't all. either. I mean, I I didn't think the Lakers were gonna be because they were pretty um, injured to start the season off. They had no Rondo, no. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, who just came back and playing still limited minutes. And then, of course, the biggest blow, no Alex Caruso at the start of the season. The joke, I was joking. Even though I, <laughs> I really like Alex Caruso, actually. I think he's actually very valuable. But, I mean, I think this team is scary. You know, I I, I hate to say it. Yeah, the Lakers are good. What do you think about um Kyle Kuzma coming back and his contributions? Do you think that his ability to contribute was overrated due to what we're seeing now or do you think that he's just kind of warming up because he hasn't really been as consistent and as a factor as I feel like a lot of people are expecting well I think, am I wrong am I wrong no no, no you're you're yeah. right you're you're absolutely right but I think of course I think having Danny Green to this team is more valuable than Kyle Kuzma is right now right but I think Kyle Kuzma gives you that extra something where it's like it's the opportunity just to go off for like 20 points in a quarter. Yeah. You know, I don't know if Danny Green, I mean, Danny Green might be able to do that actually, but Kyle Kuzma can create his own shot and he is good enough to kind of take over a game. And I think he is a really good third option when you have no one else to go to, let's say. Um, I, I, I think it's really hard to get valuable time out of, I, I think they're still limiting. Kyle Kuzma still with the injury, and I just think he's he's definitely not looked as good as he has last since last year. But I've seen flashes of it, and I think he'll I think he'll get it together. Out actually. of um the trade pieces of exclude I guess excluding Josh Hart, which by Josh Hart has been doing pretty good, pretty well. Yeah, he's out there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um out of the Lonzo Kuzma and Bi trade Ingram. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna say, who do you think is the worst? <laughs> oh, the worst. Oh, um, including Josh Hart or not including Josh not, Hart? Just out of three. I think it's Kuzma. Actually. Yeah, that's I, what I, I was you about know, to say. It, it's it's pretty terrible because I I still do like Kuzma a lot, but like I think, uh, you can get like what you got out of Kuzma with a ton of different players, but I think like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are kind of unique in a sense where I've never seen. Lonzo the way like Lonzo can play make as mm-hmm. like he he does he literally creates like these ridiculous passes I feel like that not a lot of people can do he's just so smart a great I facilitator think. great facilitator is the thing um it, he he is a little limited in what he can do cuz I think that's the best thing he can do is play defense and is a good facilitator which ironically is what the Lakers really need still but LeBron's been happy enough to take up that hatchet um and then Brandon Ingram's looks great Brandon Ingram's doing amazing. Yeah, he's slowed down a little bit since his super hot start, but I, yeah, I gotta say, Kyle Kuzma, I, I hope he can prove me wrong because I, I, I don't mind the Lakers honestly, especially if the Clippers can beat them every, every game so far, which is one game, one yeah. of those two losses, baby. There we Clipper go. Nation. <laughs> 
Um, no, but I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Kyle Kuzma just because, and they're already kind of talking about potentially flipping him for an asset. Interesting. So, yeah, the the I saw a rumor was for I think it was it was a weird trade. It was I think it was for Lori Markinen, which doesn't really make sense because that's kind of the same exact. You're getting like the same exact role, and he can't. He still can't really play alongside LeBron and AD at the same time. Just as far as like that, it would just be kind of a cluster, in in there where it's it's, uh, because Markinen's a real four. He's a he's a true four. Mm-hmm. He's he's seven foot, not a great defender. Uh, he really spaces the floor really well, but he cannot guard fives like other fives. So I mean, unless you do, and again, assuming Anthony Davis wants to play alongside another center, not not you know an actual true center, I just don't think that makes sense. And I think Kyle Kuzma, I don't think he's small enough to play the two though either. So it's it's weird. It's it's really weird. I don't really know what else uh, to say about that. Uh, any closing thoughts on the Lakers before we move on? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of ground. I will say, I think Alex Crusoe looks great. Yeah, I, I will say. Uh, I think they're getting and Rondo just came back recently as well, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, I never really liked Rondo on this team, but like, you know, I think he'll be he'll be helpful. Yeah, KCP has been terrible. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I we we got to talk about the KCP thing real quick. Actually, I forgot to mention. Have you seen the whole burner account? No. So there's this account on Twitter right now. It's called like Tan is is like the name of it, and like it's like a complete like fake account is what it looks like, where it, it has no profile picture, you know, no like followers prior, and he was just responding to everyone that was just hating on KCP. This just, is KCP as a burner account. Not confirmed. Not confirmed. But like some people found it and then we're like, did we just find KCP's burner account? <laughs> and I feel like it's not KCP because I don't think he'd be doing this. But like, I feel like it could be like a relative of KCP or like a girlfriend, maybe. Yeah. You know, like something like that. I feel like it's got to be someone close to KCP if it's not actually KCP. I mean, but if it- you've been following the hate on KCP, it is very real on the social media. I saw, <laughs> I saw the um, like I was just watching the Mason Rudolph fight, and it was like <laughs> oh, KCP yeah. should be suspended for this, <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> no, I I mean I don't know why why are the Lakers still giving this guy minutes? I think it's I think it's is it, do you think it's clutch sports because he's part of clutch sports? I mean it's that, and it's also I think it's maybe he, I think he's a good defender potentially. I think you know I I haven't really been impressed by his defense, but I think he's a warm body that can play defense type thing. I feel like he also has some ability to hit some um, game time shots. Game time shots, or like clutch shot. I don't know. I just saw one shot <laughs> recently okay, that okay, he hit like a enough. three, like a go ahead three. Fair enough. I was like, good job, KCP. Hey, KCP. I like to see my man go off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll we'll see. I think uh, depending on what happens with Iguodala, maybe he could wind up joining this Lakers team. That could be kind of scary. It's insane uh, to think how long KCP has been a part of the Lakers. Yeah, despite all the pieces that have left, KCP yeah, has remained. Yeah, it's just you, you, <laughs> lifetime Laker right here. Yeah. Well, not lifetime. You know, <laughs> yeah. from here on out, lifetime Laker because they just can't get rid of him. Or I don't know. He's not even a fan favorite. So I, I don't really. No, know. the fans hate him. But can you imagine, like, if you just replace KCP with like Andre Iguodala? Do you know yeah. how scary that team could be? 
I mean, because it's either it sounds like he's going to either the Lakers or the Clippers, but there still hasn't really been a huge update on what's going on with Andre. Is he is he injured right now? Or? No, they're like sitting him. It's it's weird. I I it's it's because it's a whole like dispute thing he has with the Grizzlies where they're not exactly um they're they're trying to get a trade for him basically, but I think it's gonna be more of like a a buyout guy probably at the deadline I'm thinking where they trade him for some kind of asset and then that team buys him out to get rid of the contract. Okay. It's my guess. I I um I don't know though. We'll probably it, things will probably heat up uh as it gets closer and as teams get more desperate to add like a, that last piece. I mean look at the Raptors last year, you remember they added like uh Marcus Saul, you know, mm-hmm. to that like and and he was like a key contributor to that team. Uh, and yeah, he was added like near the deadline. Anyhow, let's let's talk about. You want to talk about the Blazers? We can talk about the Blazers. Let's do it. Blazers pretty bad. Mm-hmm. They're pretty they're bad. Pretty desperate too. They're, they're they're they're. What are they? Five in. Let me. I have the standings right here. They're fourteenth. You know what was really the, in the West. You know what was really five the, and ten. The epitome of how bad the Blazers are was watching that. Damian Lillard where he scored like what sixty points? Did he scored sixty points. I did he get? He might have got sixty. I, it was something ridiculous. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, and they still lost that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know it's it, it's it's really disheartening because I really love Damian Lillard, Dame Dalla, and I really like CJ McCollum. There I, was actually um to yeah. just a little tidbit to put in perspective how good that Damian Lillard game, which by the way they lost, they lost after Damian Lillard scored like sixty, 60. points. Yeah. To put it in perspective, um, there is this rubric called the game, like it's called the game point rubric, and it's basically a measurement of taking into a factor every single like steal, block, turnover, point, everything based on statistics. And they had a and they judged Damian Lillard's game, and he had the forty fourth best game of all time. That was that was that sixty point game. According wow. to the rubric, was yeah. the forty fourth best game of all time. So, solo performance. That's wise. terrible. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. No. 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 I, I get what you're saying. Just as far as like getting it down to like a Z score. Type yeah. Thing in statistics. Yeah. No. That's that's terrible. Um. Poor. Poor Dame. I, mm-hmm. I feel really bad for him. And it was sixty. It was a career high, sixty points. That's. That's that's really crappy, you know. Yeah. I I feel bad for him. They lost Zach Collins um, earlier in the season. I don't know if that was before or after we left off. Uh, and I think that's a big blow for them. They're they're really kind of struggling without uh, Zach Collins, but I don't think that's the only reason. They got rid of um, Al Camino and Mo Harkless, who I think were much more valuable. And I just think the rest of the NBA has gotten a lot better. Is mm-hmm. the thing, and, and there's are, a lot of surprises, and that absolutely you need to be able to kind of account for. I mean, did you think that the Suns and the Kings were going to be better than the Blazers? Nope. Yeah, they're two games higher than them. So currently, the Blazers are the second worst team in the West behind the Warriors. That's not a good sign. That's. <laughs> If you would have told, what would you have said if I told you that oh, the, a year the ago? Blazers and the Warriors would be the worst teams? Yeah, I've, I I would have probably slapped you in the face. I would assume Damian Lillard and Steph Curry died probably if yeah. you told me that, and I was half true. I guess Steph Curry's 
injured, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damian Lillard was injured last night. But I've we haven't even mentioned yet their their big signing. The they signed NBA sweetheart Carmelo Anthony uh, last Ooh. week. He played his first game, and um, he looked good. From the first quarter, um, and then I looked into his stats. He only had ten points, three rebounds, ton of fouls too. I, he he, they sat him after like his fourth foul or something, but five turnovers and was minus twenty, plus minus. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I mean, it might be jitters to be fair though, because like they they had no Damian Lillard, so it was all CJ McCollum basically running the show, and they they try to set up Carmelo Anthony. But and I think Carmelo Anthony was trying to prove that he still had it. He tried to like dunk over um, uh, Jackson Hayes at one point, the Pelican <laughs> Center, and like it was it was actually pretty close. He he almost got it, but like we're talking about like a thirty five, thirty six year old man there. So, but I I hope to see Carmelo do well because he deserves to. I, you know, like I feel bad for him. He was kind of tossed under the rug for um, during uh, uh, the Rocket season last year. And I hope he can play valuable minutes because um, I was talking to you about this yesterday. All he really has to do is be better than Mario Hazonia mm-hmm. is the thing, who the Blazers signed in the offseason, who's terrible also. Um, all they have to do is be – he has to be better than Mario Hazonia, and that's that's a pretty low bar, and that's all they really need out of him. They're going to have him play the four. Hassan Whiteside's been okay i guess they need him but unfortunately I yeah i don't think the problem like for carmelo anthony was ever you know he can't play i think it was always just uh he's had a problem accepting his role absolutely and i think maybe this was a wake-up call no for him to be like hey listen you're you're not yeah you're 35 and you're not lebron yeah that's kind of what it is is yeah he there was that chauncey billups interview that he said that carmelo just hasn't accepted that he can't be like a 30 point per game guy anymore type mm-hmm. thing and he can't just get his buckets off the bench or type thing like he needed a start in houston it was a big problem for him coming off the bench bunch of chemistry issues but i again if he just like accepts i and it's gonna be it'd be really hard when you were like at the top of the nba just saying like hey I'm Mario Hazonia. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like that's that's like my floor right now is Mario Hazonia. My my ceiling is a resurgent. Um I, I I can't think of anyone else actually that would be like a good comp for what he could be. But I mean the Blazers swung for something, you know, and I think this was a risk high risk move. Or not a low risk move, but high reward. Yeah, at the very least, it's a resurgence that they needed. I don't see how their team could really get much worse. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of hype from just signing them. Like, I watched the Blazers game yesterday, and I wouldn't have if they didn't have Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. And I was I was excited to see how he was going to do. And he looked good. Like I said, he was hitting his shots early on. Like he, But, um, yeah, he, he did have a lot of turnovers. Thing. All right, let's move on. What uh, – you want to cover, I guess, the Rockets. The Rockets have been actually surprisingly really good. Yeah. Um, James Harden. No, I don't think anyone expected James Harden to kind of get on this level again after adding Russell Westbrook in the offseason. You remember last year when he just took over for, like, 50 games and, like, 
what he he scored like over thirty points per game and had like yeah he had like a thirty the thirty point game winning streak yeah and it was like I don't know I forget how long it was it I don't was, remember it was either like some, it was like almost thirty games yeah something. yeah I think it was thirty or forty something ridiculous in that range and and they they Chris Paul was hurt at the time and James Harden had to do it to stay afloat and then everyone thought when they added Russell Westbrook to the James Harden Houston Rockets. That it was just going to be kind of a train wreck as far as usage rate goes, because there's only one basketball and two of the highest usage rate guys in NBA history. That's what everyone was saying. It's worked somehow. I've I have no idea. I have not seen enough Rockets game. I just looked at the standings today and realized that the Rockets were doing this well. Same. I I knew they were doing good. I knew that yeah. they were like, you know, top five. But I didn't know that they were what number two in the West. Yeah. Yeah, number two That's in gnarly. the West That's and gnarly. number three overall in the NBA, only behind uh, the Celtics, which we shall also talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, James Harden, 39 points per game. 39 on a team with Russell Westbrook, Mr. I Need Statistics. Mm-hmm. Russell, Russell, I'm faking triple doubles to get <laughs> Westbrook. <laughs> Russell... Get out of my way, Stephen Adams. I need this tenth rebound, yeah. Russell Westbrook. God, I messed up that whole bit, but no, it's, it's okay. It's, yeah, you got you get the sentiment. Yeah, um, Russell Westbrook's taken obviously a backseat to this whole James Harden show, which I think is probably necessary. And I mean, if if this is the Houston Rockets team that was able to take Golden State to seven two years ago, and uh, to six last year, and they really should have beat the Warriors after they lost Kevin Durant. I mean, they, you gotta like their chances. I think you know, like if you're just saying like the ceiling to this team is, was or the floor of this team, I should say, is last year, and then they added Russell Westbrook if, for James Harden, or I mean for Chris Paul. That's, I think that's an upgrade, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, I I like this Rockets team. Unfortunately, how are were Russell Westbrook's triple doubles looking? He's still getting some, yeah. But uh, you know, definitely, it seems like career lows as far as not career lows, but like relatively career lows in the recently, considering he's been averaging like four straight triple double seasons. Yeah. Speaking of triple doubles, and sorry to tag this on after we were done talking about the Lakers, um, the Lakers it. playing the in the Lakers game against OKC. LeBron last had a, night. Yeah, yeah, last night LeBron had a triple double, making him the only player in NBA history to have a triple double against every team in the league. See that isn't that crazy? That is crazy because I was just thinking I was like, how has Russell Westbrook not done that? Well, so I was, so here's why is because he hasn't played OKC until this year. Ah, true. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, but I was thinking about that though. But LeBron James holdup was that he hasn't gotten a triple double against OKC. Yeah. That was the last team he needed, which he's obviously never been on OKC. It's like collecting the Infinity Stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's weird, right? But, like, pretty impressive. Right? I, I mean, like, against all 30 teams. All 30 teams. And the fact that no one else in NBA history has no done it No one else before. has done it. I mean, I don't feel like the triple doubles have been as emphasized until, like, yeah, it seems, recently. Yeah, it seems much easier to get triple doubles in this NBA. And I don't yeah. I think it's because, like, a lack of big men. Mm-hmm. Um where they're not as they're kind of spacing the floor more, so they're kind of out there on the perimeter rather than in the paint um, in the NBA before, where there wasn't the spacing wasn't as good. So now you have people rebounding 
the balls that probably shouldn't or not, maybe not shouldn't, but wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be there. And the plus a lot more threes, so a lot, a lot higher velocity, yeah. hitting the rim. Yeah, you're right. Getting it's, it to the, different places in the floor. The pace is higher than it's ever been. The seven-second offense has been, yeah, the, like people take threes, you know, a ton of threes that are going to clank off. But it's shooting a lot, high volume, as you said. Ball's going to bounce off the rim a ton. More more rebounds, which also means more shots and more assists and more points. There you go. It's a different game. We've really game. solved basketball. <laughs> we, it's solved. Now um, on to the next problem in the world. What is what's the next problem? I don't know. We solve. <laughs> we'll world wait hunger, for it. World hunger. World hunger. We're, yeah, we're we gonna solve, solve that as well. Yeah. Let's talk about the Celtics for a little bit. Um, been pretty good. Uh, I think kind of Brad Stevens' offense has kind of gotten back to how he wants to play. Uh, it's kind of spread the floor, and it's it's really it was really fun to watch mm-hmm. when they had Gordon Hayward, who unfortunately he got injured during the last three weeks, right? That was yeah, um, yeah that was we that missed was, that we missed that as well. So Gordon Hayward's out, but Jalen Brown is back. Jalen Brown's playing pretty well. Got to yeah. give it to him. Jason Tatum as well, and Kemba Walker also having a pretty good year. That is very true. Do you think that? So do you think that we can't? Is it too early to say that? Uh, Kemba Walker is a better fit for the Celtics than Kyrie. No, no, I, I think as the soon as they signed him, I think people, <laughs> people were were already saying that. I think the record fit. speaks for itself. Yeah, you know, obviously you get a downgrade at, at like a basketball position because obviously Kyrie Irving is a you know better basketball player. Unfortunately, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, I love Kemba Walker, but I, in a chemistry standpoint, I don't think you could have added a better player to that team type thing because he's the. One of the most unselfish players I've ever seen. Um, not not I've ever seen, but like uh, I I think like as far as how people like him and appreciate him, I don't think I've seen a player like that. Are we going to be ending this decade the same way we started it with a uh, Celtics Lakers um, in the finals? Oh man, I you're you're actually right. I didn't even think about that. It's the hero's yeah. it's the hero's journey. We just come back to where we started, but we're. Forever changed. Wow. We're forever changed. Wow, Taylor. We went through some Warriors dynasty, but in the end, we all came back right where we started. I, I'm actually really impressed. By yeah. That. yeah that, was, that was really good. I didn't even think. You're right. Yeah. Because right now, the two best teams, it's it's feeling like the 1960s again, baby. Yeah. Celtics and Lakers at the top of the NBA once again. That's pretty nuts. But I, I like, yeah, are you buying the Celtics is the best team in the East because the Sixers have gone off to kind of a kind of crooked start since the Joel Embiid suspension, and Ben Simmons has kind of been flashing in and out. And but have you been that, watching a lot of 76ers games? A little bit, actually. I I think the biggest takeaway for me is Tobias Harris does not look that good. Really? Unfortunately, yeah. I feel really bad for him too because I like Tobias Harris a lot. I'll put a post-it note on my fridge to watch more 76ers games because that's that's been slipping through the cracks. They're the most interesting team, mm-hmm. I think, I still have seen, where, like, I still don't know what to make for them, make out of them, but, like, I still think they have one of the highest ceilings in, in any NBA team where they could be so good. Yeah. They can figure out this, like, Rubik's Cube. They can just they physically have. dominate, like, any team, They really can. Like. I mean, every single player on their starting lineup is above 6'8". That's gnarly. That's ridiculous, yeah. you know? Um... Yeah, Matisse Thybul has been killing it. He's already like top of the league for blocks and steals per game defensively. Dang. Just ridiculous. Is a rookie that I mentioned last time. I think mm-hmm. so good. Can't shoot the ball at all though. He's pretty terrible offensively, but defensively, he's like one of the best guards in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What I was going to say, though, is that the 76ers have been averaging, like, a NBA high turnover rate. They've been turning the ball over so much, and it's that's been really what's killing them in these games. Because, you know, like, a point here and there from turnovers, point-off turnovers, which are notoriously the easiest points to get in the NBA, points-off turnovers, because it's an easy fast break, usually, because the defense has it set up. So you're getting a lot of those, and those are just two or three possessions a game, and you're losing all those close games, basically. Well, it's a farther distance for the ball to travel to hit the ground, so... There we go. We solved basketball again. Solve basketball. That's what we're here for. We're we're here on the pick and roll to solve basketball. Absolutely. I wish we Um, had like a sound effect that we can just play every time we solve basketball. Like what? Like a like a triumphant like dun dun dun. dun. Yeah, yeah. Just like a. Oh man, that'd be funny. We'll get a whole soundboard once we get our like full studio. We're we're a we're a building program right here. We're we're, building podcast. Yeah, you know we're we're eventually we're gonna be super high budget, high production, and we'll have Curtis Blow live. I that would be if I could get Curtis Blow on this podcast. I think I could. I I, I think that's it. That's mm-hmm. my pe- I'd peak. You peak honestly. Yeah, the Seventy Sixers are yeah the most interesting team I think in the NBA though. Um, let's talk about the Clippers. Let's do it. Yeah, because we haven't mentioned the Clippers. Are you are you proud of me? I showed some restraint actually. We I was waiting for you Clippers. to drop that. I was it was an easy one. It was like dangling right there. But, yeah, you know uh-huh. no, the Clippers. But I figured you would want uh. The last 20 minutes to <laughs> talk about the Clippers. So let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. Clippers, uh, hot take, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. But as good as we thought? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is about where I thought they'd be at this point in the season. Uh, mm. Paul George just came back. Uh, Looking two, spectacular. Two or three games, yeah. he's. They still haven't been playing him a lot of minutes is, is the craziest part. Um, they're playing them like 20, under 30 minutes a game. And he's been averaging like 30, which is ridiculous. I really like this Clippers team. I've seen, I think I've seen every Clippers game so far, at least a bit of it. Um, so much fun to watch. Strongly recommend anyone that doesn't know anything about basketball and wants to get into basketball, watch Clippers game. They're fun. Yeah. They just play with so much heart. Uh, they're a great defensive team. They're a team full of dogs for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I Montrez Harrell is like legitimately... I don't think he'll be an all-star, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there's a case for it right now. I think he's he's good. He's really good. And so the biggest controversy, I guess we'll we'll talk about it. This was I was gonna avoid it. Load management. Yeah, it's kind of a joke to me. I because I think it's great. I like it a lot. I think it's hilarious. Um, Taylor, you have it? a descending opinion well i just think that there's a lot of talk with um the throne being taken from lebron and being now occupied with Kawhi, which is a fair you can make a case for it judging by the playoff run that he had but do you think that a you can name your best player in the league with so much load management missing five out of the last 14 out of the first 14 games do you think that load management is a factor into being the best player in the league, or do you think that it's just the way that he plays, and it's a new, it's a new way, it's a new way to play? Okay, so let me unpack that. Durability, yes, plays a factor in in how good a player is. He's of still course. getting injured, though. <laughs> he, you're right, and right now he is injured, but also I think they're kind of resting him still. But I think it's like the slightest. I, I my theory is that he he it's like a paper cut basically right and they're just like 
oh, well, now we have an actual reason to sit him. So, yeah. so yeah, this is an injury, clearly, NBA, and so they won't get fined anymore. Um, I, I think they should treat him carefully type thing. And there's a lot of uh, contradictory uh, data that shows that load management isn't necessarily like correlating into basketball success in the postseason. But it also, it's worked for the Raptors last season. So I think, you know, I, I, I like it. You know, I, I'd rather Kawhi Leonard didn't have to play as many games as he needed to type thing. Because mm-hmm. if the Clippers can win the season, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about it like a human perspective, right? For me, wouldn't you want to have like the best opportunity to success by putting in like the least amount of work, just not overexerting yourself unless yeah. you had to? Yeah. And I just don't From, think the Clippers have to is mm-hmm. the thing. And I think that's impressive in a sense. From a business standpoint, do you think it's fair on the fans that um, I feel like I'm a I feel like I'm a gotcha reporter like no, trying yeah. to like get no, no 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 but do you think it's fair for the fans for to like pay for these games and not be able to see like a star player like that when in reality we're they're only playing because fans want them to play and because there is a fan demand no and that, and that's that's a really good point and um, I think the best thing the Clippers can do is kind of make that known in advance type thing that Kawhi Leonard is going to sit the game. Like, it should never be, like, a day of thing. Because can you imagine, like, driving three hours to go see the Clippers and then finding out that Kawhi Leonard isn't playing? That yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely. If that was all you were hoping to see is Kawhi Leonard, that that's a bummer. It's a big bummer. Um, I guess the one thing I would say, and I'm definitely on the fan side on this, um, but I think... If you were like, I, I don't want to say if you were a true fan, but I think you have to recognize that this is in the best interest for the whole organization. And as a fan in general, you want team success. And I think that th- if this leads to team success, I think you as a fan should maybe not respect it or like it, but at least acknowledge that this is why. Yeah. I guess, and, and that's, I think that's that my some, rebuttal. I think I, there's something to be said about just the schedule in general. For um, that's that's a big thing too. Is, mm. is I think they just need to have maybe less games. Sh- less games. Eighty-two games is too long. I mean, like I can't believe baseball is like 164 games or whatever. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, 162 maybe. But yeah, I mean, like football is really grueling too, and that's only 17 games, uh, 17 weeks, I should say, with a bye. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I, I, you know, I don't know. I I think they should definitely shorten the season, especially if loge management becomes like a, a common thing. But it's also like Kawhi Leonard has an injury history, and his knee's been problematic for the last like five five years or so. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I understand what you're saying that I don't think you can be the best player in the league and only play sixty games. But I think he is getting penalized for it by not winning the MVP when he is the best player. LeBron had, like, the same kind of thing in Cleveland for a couple of those years where he was the best player in the league, and he could easily turn it on, but he would also just kind of coast in the regular season. Still put up ridiculous numbers, but he just wasn't the best player always on the court because he just wouldn't necessarily try every game until and I think the playoffs. I think that's smart, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I think... And that speaks to how good LeBron is, that he can turn it on at any point, basically. If he wanted to just kill a team, he could easily do it. And some may say that, you know, um, LeBron's probably going to achieve all these statistics, like most points ever, like most assists ever. But um, 
uh, interesting statistic that like Kawhi has down is the amount of games that he played and won, the percentage of games that he's played and won, and it's something like seventy five percent or something, which is like, is that like a record or something? I don't, I don't know. I just know that's incredibly high. That seventy five percent of the games that he plays, he's gonna win. Well, so here's the argument. I, I'd like to, I'd like to put in, in counter to that. He joined a really good Spurs team. Like he was when he was drafted, it was still like the peak Spurs. We're talking like Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili were all playing. It was towards the end of their prime, but they were still good. Is the thing they mm-hmm. like made the finals in Kawhi's second year. Mm-hmm. So like what what I'm saying is he's been very lucky to be like immediately thrust into a good organization. Very true. Um, where like a lot of these other players, you know, have to you know. You know, like Devin, Devin Booker's career win percentage is is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like every game Devin Booker's win, I bet they have like a you know thirty percent <laughs> win percentage, something like that, something crazy. Um, but yeah, every team Kawhi's been on has been good, is the thing. And you could argue that that it's because Kawhi's on that team, right? But also, I think it's the people around him that like you know, like this Clippers team is incredible, regardless of if Kawhi plays. And even regardless if Paul George even plays, they almost beat the Milwaukee Bucks without either of them. And it was really close. Um, Giannis had to, like, turn it up another level to beat, like, our our not second stringers because they're good players, Montrezl Harrell and Lou Will. Um, But, yeah, I think. The sixth men. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think um, just to argue against that Kawhi thing, yeah, so that statistic is a little – it doesn't tell the true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, I agree. There's a little bit more going on there. Um, however, it's still very impressive. Like, don't get me wrong. I do not want to discredit this man at all because yeah. he's he's phenomenal. And he he does when he does play, he looks like the best player. I mean, he had a terrible game. I don't know if you saw the Spurs game. He had like a terrible game, and then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, he goes off for like 25 points, and then ends up with like 32 points per game in that game. And it's they yeah, win here's it. A, here's another like fun fact: is that. Kawhi, by a very large margin, is leading the league in fourth quarter points. Yeah. With like, he has like 18 or something. 18 points? Like, that's what he's averaging? Oh, oh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. In the fourth quarter. I I actually didn't know that, but. Let me me look at that. That makes me feel, that makes me feel better. No, I, I, and, yeah, Kawhi and Paul George still haven't played together yet. And I'm dying to see what that team looks like, I guess, at the end of the day. Also, I'd like to shout out uh, Zubach has been playing phenomenal, too. He's been getting so many blocks. He's just looked really good. Him and Montrez, too, have just been killing it. Fortunately, Landry Shamit, one of my favorite Clippers, is now hurt, though, unfortunately. That's been a bummer. Did you get the stat? Uh, I'm... It's hard. It's hard to find these specific stats, but I, I, know, I know he does yeah. lead the league. And okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's what I'm saying is because he, he has that pull up mid range. You know what I, the you know the mid range that like fadeaway mid range that he has. Yeah, that's like unguardable. Mm. That shot, like I've never seen anyone put good, not good enough defense, but I've seen good defense being played on that shot, and it just doesn't matter. It's the same shot that won won the Raptors the series last year. You remember that buzzer beater against yeah. the Sixers? Just that like same runs. shot. Yeah, it's it's just like this like weird kind of fadeaway pull up. It's it's great. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we I don't have to gush about the Clippers that much. Um 
there's a couple of games that they've lost that it, it's just been kind of a bummer. Uh, they're what are they sitting at record wise? Let me look that All right, up. Sweet, I found it. <laughs> oh, you found it. It's not 18 points. I'm sorry. What is? I'm it? so glad that I cleared that up. It's 14 points, and the next closest is 11 points. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you know, it's um, averaging 14 points per fourth quarter. But you know, I mean, that's only like six games played though. Or something oh, like true. that. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> with all the load management, I'm I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they are cer- currently nine and five right now, and I like their chances in any game they play, and they're just a fun team, so mm-hmm. I enjoy them. And I think that speaks to him when he's averaging all these points in the fourth quarter. It speaks to how um, efficient he is at managing his energy input into the game. How he knows what really matters Absolutely. and where he knows where to distribute his energy. And I think just as in the fourth quarter of games, he's the highest averaging. Probably in the fourth quarter of the season, he's gonna be he's gonna turn it up another level. Oh yeah, and it's gonna become yeah. You know, he knows how to he knows how to manage that. Again, I mean, we were just talking about LeBron James coasting. I feel like Kawhi's still coasting, honestly. Like yeah. wait till the playoffs, Kawhi, where they start playing him forty minutes a night. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be him and Paul George playing forty minutes a night each. It's gonna be so scary. Oh man, I'm I'm excited. And I, you know what's going to be even crazier is that the teams like the Lakers aren't going to have been used to this team in its full form, and when they encounter this team in the playoffs, they're going to be like, "What the heck? Like we thought that we had you guys down. We, lo- we yeah. like we won the last no, two yeah. games against you yeah. guys, and now you've just upgraded to this new level." I know, I know, and that's it's... another layer of just how scary the Clippers sneaky. can be. Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, sneaky good. They're sneaky. They're sneaky. <laughs> sneaky guys. They're I, sneaky I guys. love the, I love this team. All right, so we're gonna close out uh the show with we'll do we'll do season awards. It hasn't necessarily been a quarter season mm-hmm. yet. What has it been? Like an eighth? Yeah. Or so. What is that? Thirteen game let me do let me do some quick math real quick. Uh fourteen games divided by eighty two. Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just yeah, I don't want to do the math right now. Um, yeah, it's about five point eight five. Yeah, so yeah, cool. Okay, so like that's well, I, sixth. I <laughs> yeah, so it's like a fifth or a sixth of the NBA so far. Um, let's do our fifth of the season. I just does a fifth or a sixth sound better? I feel like a fifth might yeah. sound better. Let's do f- a fourteenth, eighty second, whatever. Let's just do the award so far. Through, through MVP 15 games. Yeah, who's the MVP? Uh LeBron, I don't know. <laughs> LeBron, good pick. I think I think LeBron could be MVP at this point right now. But also Luka, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I I think I like Luka better. Um but I think I'm going to give it to James Harden. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's uh, the reason why I chose LeBron is because I feel like this is the only opportunity I'm going to give him. He's going to get to have some MVP I agree. this season. On the on the yeah, this is probably going to be his last MVP caliber season so far. And he's been playing great and I I I I don't blame that pick at all. He's near averaging a triple-double. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so is Luka, to be fair. So is Luka. Um yeah, I'll give it to James Harden. 39.2 games playing alongside Russell Westbrook is just ridiculous Makes sense. in the circumstance. And the fact that they're 11-3, and three, it's just better record than the Mavericks. That's that's really the only reason why I'm giving him the edge. And I just think Anthony Davis is taking a little too much out of LeBron James, mm. like statistically. Yeah, no, um, 100%. Yeah. And I don't think LeBron's looking to have MVP season either. And the only other player I think you could make a case for that we haven't mentioned yet is Giannis. Giannis has also put up another 
he's kind of gone up a level considering mm-hmm. he was MVP last year. His three-point shots looked pretty good, mm-hmm. actually. It's kind of scary because I was the when they played the Clippers, Clippers kind of sagged off on him a lot, and then he kind of made him pay from deep, which is that's a if if it's a, a scary thought. If it's a Giannis that's playing as good as he has been in the last you know two years, and he's a threat from behind the arc. That's that's a, like a thirty percent shooter from beyond the arc. That's that's scary, dude. Um, all right, let's do uh, rookie of the year. This is probably the toughest award. It's near the toughest award. Who's your who's your uh, rookie of the year? Didn't we say like John Morant last time? Yeah, and I and I think we got to keep it with John Morant. But I'd like to shout out R.J. Barrett. He's having a really good year despite how bad the Knicks are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing him like 39 minutes a night, too, though. They're kind of overworking him a little bit. But he's looked good. He's looked, like, very comfortable and not, like, deer in the headlights. Yeah. Um, Like he did in Summer League. Um, Also, shout out. I forgot. We forgot to mention the Hornets. I'd, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to apologize for the, to the Hornets, the Hornet fan base. They've, they've been good, and I didn't think so. they'd be this good. I mean, it's really just been um, P.J. Washington – Devontae Graham kind of came out of nowhere and just started playing pretty well. Uh, Cody Zeller has been surprisingly good as well. I, I, I mean, and I've mentioned all these names before. I've even mentioned Terry Rozier, who still is kind of not good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, whatever. Get your money. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, rookie of the year, I think you still got to give it to Ja uh, or RJ. Just Joss looks so good, and he still hasn't even been that consistent yet. Um, still waiting on Zion, which I think he's gonna be back. I think in December. I think they said in the next two weeks. There still hasn't been an update on it, but I imagine in the next, probably before our next show, I feel like there'll be an update on his injury. Well, he'll be back within, you know, they'll they'll say like he's returning soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've looked bad. Uh, the Pelicans, and I don't know. I don't know if like sixty games of Zion is enough to win MVP. I don't know how many games he'll end up playing. Could be sixty, could be fifty for rookie of the year. For rookie of the year, yeah. Um, most improved. I think that's most an easy improved. One. Who? Pascal. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, here's the the only case that he just won it in the last year. True. But he really has but gone he has up, turned it up to another level. Uh, yeah, no, was, you just said what I said, yeah. Yeah, I think the only other, I mean, could you give it to Luca? Ooh, Luca yeah. or, like, Trey Young mm-hmm. for really? Oh, yeah, Trey Young. That's, I mean, that's that's the only other argument I think I can make is that they've looked so much. I mean, it's crazy because they've looked good last year, but they've honestly gone up another level this year. Seriously, both of them. Um, that's the only other argument I can make, really, is that they've, how much better they've looked. Um Aside from that, uh, there's not really anybody I, I I can think of at the top of my head. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. He's looked pretty good for the for the Pacers. Actually, he's like top three in assist. I'm pretty sure. Let me pull that up. Yep, four, fourth, fourth in assist right now. So he's pretty good. Uh, the only other maybe is, let's see, maybe Jonathan Isaacs. Uh, he's second in the league in blocks. That's pretty impressive. Carl Anthony Towns, maybe. True. That's the only other ones. Uh, this one's going to be actually pretty hard. Defensive Player of the Year. 
I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Yeah. It's, it's I, wish I, I wish I had someone at the top here. Um, who'd you, uh, who'd you say? You want me to pick? Yeah. Um, Help me assist in my, cause I don't really. No, absolutely. I yeah. think, uh, you well, so you got a diff- couple different ways of looking at it. They usually don't give it to perimeter players, but you could give it to Kawhi. I don't know if he'll end up playing enough games, but he's looked pretty good on defense. Um, but I don't think that's a good pick. I think I would probably go with maybe like Anthony Davis or like Ben Simmons probably is probably what I would go with for defensive player of the year for now. Nice. Um, yeah, you can, you know, curtail on either one of those. If you want, Anthony nope. Davis. Anthony Davis. There <laughs> sure. you go. All right, then I'll then to make it Got interesting, to, I'll do yeah. Ben Simmons. Then um, sure. he's leading the league in steals, um, and he's just you know he's six ten playing a perimeter position. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Coach of the first fifteen games. <laughs> um, what do you think, Doc? I don't know. Doc, Doc's not bad. Um, yeah, he's not. Greatest either. I think I would give it to Brad Stevens on the Celtics yeah, for, what he's, for what he's done with the team, just because yeah, I mean, you I have mean, to judge it based on like success. Yeah, usually, they give it to the team that has been like surprisingly super like good is a thing. Like I think last year it was between Nick Nurse on the Raptors and um, uh, 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 oh no, I think Budenholzer actually won it for the Bucks because he took them to the first team uh, first seed. But also there was uh, Mike Malone on the Nuggets. That's what I was going to say last year, I think. Because they were kind of surprised by how good the Nuggets were last year. But I think, I think um, Eric Spolstra might be a good pick on the Heat. He's kind of took that team. I've never followed too closely with the Coach of the Year, but do you think like um, Monty Williams could win? Or is that not? You know what? Yeah, if they make the... I, I, I don't know if you can get them at like the 7th or 8th seed, which is where they're at right now. They have to be like a top contender. I think they'd... Not even a contender. I think they'd have to get to the 4 or 5 seed okay. at least. But yeah, I think... Easily. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think Monty Williams is going to be like... In my mind, I think he is going to be like the best coach from what the coach actually does to take a... One of the worst teams in the NBA to a, I mean, they're projected to the playoffs right now. I mean, if the season ended right now, they're the A seed. Um, yeah, no, Monty Williams, good pick, actually. Yeah, no, um, I've never, yeah, like I said, I've never followed too close to the coach of the year, but yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I feel enlightened by how it works now. Yeah, and that's kind of that's that's exactly the type of player that would or the type of coach that would win it is a team that's like surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Um. Six man of the year, we saved like probably the most boring, yeah. boring one for last. So sorry, but uh, Lou Williams, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, Does Lou, that count? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really unfair because he it should be like a minute cap thing. Yeah, because like, he really does play like thirty minutes a game. Yeah, he plays more minutes than Kawhi Leonard sometimes. Yeah, no, I, exactly. Um, and I, so it's a little unfair, but I think yeah, you got to give it to Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, or um, well Derek Rose. Actually, oh yeah, he's been coming. I want to see him bench. back. Yeah, I want to see him back. Uh, yeah, Reggie Jackson, I think, has been hurt, so they might be starting him. But I don't watch any Pistons game. He's on my um fantasy team, so he's been out for the last like week. Derrick Rose. Yeah, he's been out for the for due to like a hamstring strain. Uh, poor guy. And now it's like a back spasm. How about Andre Drummond? By the way, forgot to mention him. He's been gnarly, killing it. Seventeen yeah. rebounds per game. That's. That might be sustainable, which is pretty nuts, right? Yeah. 
He's had how many 20 and 20 games? 20 points, 20 rebounds? I don't know. You want me, I can look it up real quick. Look it up, yeah, because yeah. it's like at least five or six, which is pretty nuts, uh, considering I think nobody else in the NBA has had one this season. So pretty darn impressive, if you ask me. Um, Jokic also is off to a pretty slow start, I forgot to mention. Yeah, here that's what we'll do. We'll do another one last segment is um, biggest surprises and biggest disappointments. Do you have the the Drummond pulled up? I just have last six games. He's had four 20 and 20 games. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I, that I, speaks for itself. I mean, yeah, I, I, no, I, I, I don't want to absolutely. Yeah, we don't, we don't need the actual stat, I don't think. Um, so biggest surprises, biggest disappointments. Teams? Uh, players, teams, anything. Um, I didn't expect the Heat to be this like this good yeah yeah no i i definitely agree i think kendrick nunn and um tyler hero both been very good very good for him um and bam Adebayo also he could be a defensive player of the year candidate as well yeah in there um i'm gonna go biggest disappointment with mike conley on the jazz mm-hmm. he's been playing pretty bad um and i and i feel bad for him i really do um he just hasn't really been the pickup that they were looking for. Um, big, go again. What's another surprise disappointment? Um, we'll do we'll do a surprise. I mean, and a we already talked about it, but the Blazers. Blazers is a disappointment. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, considering how good Damian Lillard's been playing as well. And then I'm gonna go biggest surprise since we already talked about it. We just do su- surprise disappointment. We'll do this every week. <laughs> Um, half half empty, half full. Yeah, it's a um, new segment. Something I haven't mentioned actually. I'll, I'll then I'll. It's, uh, the Cavaliers being competitive actually has been kind of a surprise. Um, they got a new coach that I don't remember his name off tops, but they've gotten career year out of Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, and that's crazy. He's because he was before he was just like a rebounder, like exclusively. He's taking the most shots on that team. So him and Kevin Love have been playing actually really well together. Um, that That's probably my biggest surprise. All right, and... You know who's doing well, too? Who? That, for some reason, is on my radar is uh, Marcus Morris Sr. on the Knicks. He's oh, been, yeah? Yeah, I think the Knicks haven't been doing awful. They've, they? they've been very bad. They've been very bad. Very bad. Well, they I only like know because he's fourth. on my fantasy team. Oh, <laughs> he's, been doing, hey. he's, been, he's been averaging, like, a career-high uh, points. So there we are on that. Well, there we go. Marcus Morris. Is it Marcus or Mark? That's Marcus. He has like a brother, right? Yeah, Markeith. Markeith. He's a twin. I think he's on the Pistons this year. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I, 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 they, I lose track of them like every year, wherever they end up. Yeah. It's, 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 really, it's really hard to keep up with the Morris twins. All right. On that note, is there any other thing you'd like to end off the show with? No. We'll, we'll be back to you in a week, though. Well, we may, I, we're making promises to our listeners now. Well, next week's Thanksgiving. True. So I don't know if we true, will. True, true, true. No, we won't. Yeah, so we'll, we'll come back to another you. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back. Don't worry. Don't worry about us. Taylor and Josh, Pick and Roll Podcast, baby. We'll be back same time, same place, probably in two weeks. Absolutely. You can find this on wherever you found it on. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Thank um, you. Thank you. Have a good week. Have a good Thanksgiving as well. Happy holidays.